The Denver Broncos quarterback competition has wrapped up, yet there is still one position that Vic Fangio has said it is one player's to lose. We break down the right tackle position for the Broncos, not to mention players with the most to prove and the most to lose this weekend against the Los Angeles Rams. Sarah Bettinger and myself, we break it down all today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team, every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside our co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and nine news make sure you follow us on twitter on your favorite social media platforms also lockdown broncos is available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and on youtube in video format make sure you hit that subscribe button turn on notifications so you get every episode here daily exclusive broncos news content coverage sarah coming off the cusp of a quarterback competition announcement obviously teddy bridgewater taking over there is one position competition that has no clear winner just yet and that is right tackle yeah it's gonna be down to the wire it sounds like you know Vic Fangio talking to the press and kind of snuck it in there with the quarterback announcement and everything right like oh yeah the right tackle position by the way that's Bobby Massey's to lose (laughs) so kind of got lost in the shuffle with everything that went on on Wednesday understandably you know but obviously a really key position that's really solidifies kind of the starting 22 players on both sides of the ball if Massey does go out against the Los Angeles Rams and win the job so Really fun to really fun to see it kind of all coming together here. Well, and I got the all twenty-two film for the Broncos versus the Vikings, Broncos versus the Seahawks, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch Bobby Massey and Calvin Anderson specifically here today and see what I can gain as to maybe why Massey has the separation a little bit. And, and you know, for Vic to say, "Hey, it's his to lose," I think you know kind of tells us that you know he's probably been the clubhouse leader all along. I mean, that's the indication that we had during joint training camp practices is that Bobby Massey was mainly the guy we got to see him get the start against the Vikings at right tackle, Calvin at left. So it kind of solidifies things in a sense here for the Broncos offensive line here at 2021. Teddy's under center at quarterback. You have Melvin Gordon at running back. We know the skill players, but the offensive line is going to be Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, and Bobby Massey. In your opinion, Sarah, based on what we've seen so far, we haven't seen too much of the starters, but how can we project maybe what this offensive line may look like in terms of productivity here this upcoming season? I think you've got to have high expectations, Cody. I really do. I think that this unit, obviously, you know, Garrett Bowles taking that huge step forward in in 2020. Dalton Reisner, you know, in year three, expecting big things out of him. Cushenberry really, uh, really didn't even necessitate a competition with how much he had improved based off of last year's film. And then Glasgow, we're expecting him. You know, you're healthy. I mean, you got to go out there and play at a Pro Bowl level because you're getting paid like a Pro Bowler. And then Massey, I think, obviously – you know, he has a great reputation in the league. The Broncos got him on an absolute bargain of a deal. I was just looking at it today. Less than $3 million against the cap for Bobby Massey, which is kind of crazy considering the price that tackles are going for these days and considering the team that he just came from, the Chicago Bears, could really use him right now. So I think it's really good, and I think that you should have high expectations. The depth is strong. So even if somebody gets injured, I think you're looking at the them being able to really just kind of keep pace. It's not nothing against, you know, the, Austin Schlotman types, but you put guys like Natani Muti 
and and Quinn Miners in the mix in your in your reserve spots, and then you're talking about you know ha- having just an abundance of talent um, rather than having a break in case of emergency type of situation when it comes to your depth. So I think it's reasonable to have high expectations this year. Year three under Munchak, year three for a lot of these guys, even just in the league or with the Broncos, and so it, it's going to be fun. I just remember coming into the offseason mandatory minicamp, we were all focused on okay, there's a center competition. Well, it's never really a competition because Lloyd Cushenberry has done a phenomenal job. He's had a, a tremendous growth rate there. There's still some areas of his game technically that he can work on, but then again, that applies for every player. So I'm excited to see what the offensive line can do in that regard there. Now, it also goes to the point that we were talking about. We had on yesterday's episode of the show, we talked about how we both projected the 53-man roster. One of the moves I had was the Broncos keeping an extra offensive lineman. Yours had it to where they don't necessarily keep that extra offensive lineman, and that last spot goes to either you know, Prentice or Andrew Beck as a fullback or a tight end there. Now, I think it kind of makes things a little bit more clear. If, in fact, Bobby Massey is the starter for the Broncos at right tackle, Calvin goes back to being that swing left tackle, right tackle, which isn't a bad thing for him at this point in time. It allows him a little bit more time to get refined and continue to do stuff. And we know that he's proven to be reliable stepping in if, in fact, somebody were to get injured or obviously, you know, with COVID restrictions still applying. Your thoughts necessarily on maybe what this means for Calvin Anderson's future in Denver? I think that he has a great opportunity right now to kind of step into what Elijah Wilkinson left behind, you know, and Wilkinson, I felt, was a much better guard than he was at the tackle position. I think that he did a good job in the running game a lot of times from the tackle spot, but just in terms of, you know, speed off the edge, that was not his forte. And and I think that that's kind of where Calvin Anderson can, can work best. He more struggles with the power. So I, I think that what we've seen from Calvin Anderson as well, you know, we saw him get get looks out there at left tackle against the Vikings in the preseason. We saw him start in place of Garrett Bowles last season at left tackle. I honestly, and I'd have to go back and watch maybe to just dissect it a little bit deeper, Cody, but and maybe you can you can chime in on this as well. But I almost feel like what we've seen from Calvin Anderson at left tackle is a bit better than what we've seen him at right tackle for whatever the reason, you know, whether he played that position longer in college or, you know, if right tackle is just not as not as comfortable for him. I know we've heard uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but Tristan Wirfs compared switching from left tackle to right tackle or right tackle to left tackle to like wiping your butt with the opposite hand. It's like, you know, just a funny analogy there. But I mean, yeah. it's it'd be weird, you know, it'd be a weird switch. And so you have to learn it like a second language so I think that definitely Anderson maybe maybe better long-term suited at left tackle and so swing tackle is a good role for him well and I even go back to Penny Sewell one of the best tackle prospects we've seen in many years in the NFL draft I mean he's struggling right now transitioning from left tackle to right tackle with the Detroit Lions it just goes to show it's not easy and there's a little bit of an adjustment but if you can perfect or even get really good at one or the other, you're going to have a long-term future in the NFL. If it's not for the Broncos, it's for another NFL team. But I think the Broncos right now, one thing when we looked at the depth, they have a lot of good depth right now, Sarah, based on both of our 53-man roster projections. If that is the roster, I think Denver is going to be in good hands here in 2021. So Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into a little bit of a preview of the Los Angeles Rams game on Saturday, Sarah and I are going to have you covered with a post-game report here, Lockdown Broncos. But before we get into that, Broncos country, I got to tell you about Built Bar, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. Sarah's are in the mailbox. They're waiting to be delivered, so he's going to have his hands on a box of Built Bar today. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft, and they are easy to chew, not to mention they come in nine amazing, delicious flavors, including the occasional limited-time flavor. If you like peanut butter brownie, you like lemon, 
cinnamon, almond cheesecake, you like raspberry. Built Bar has you covered, not to mention they are the healthiest protein bar on the market, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar. You get all that action at Built.com and you can get 15% off your first order today by going to Built.com, go to checkout, use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com, the official protein bar of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. All right, Sarah, one of my favorite things we're going to get into every single week of the season, which players have the most to prove, which players have the most to lose. We're going to get into the players that have the most to prove. But before we touch on that, I wanted to go over Thursday's practice report at the UCL Training Center. Eric Dalala had said that K.J. Handler did not participate, dealing with an illness, non-COVID-related. Obviously, no Michael Lujmudia dealing with a hamstring. We know he's going to be out. No Mike Boone, even though he's been back at the team facility. Physically at practice, not doing anything, but being there in support and watching his teammates Caden Stearns not participating in practice as well, then with the leg issue that Vic Fangio had alluded to. I'd be very surprised if we saw him play. I'd be very surprised if we get to see him play this week against the Rams. I would not be surprised if the Broncos say, hey, we've seen enough. You're going to sit out. We're going to roll some of the other guys that are on the back end there. Though that back end depth will be interesting without Stearns. More of a chance for Jamar Johnson. Trey Marshall not practicing as well, dealing with the ankle, kind of puts into question his position on this team with roster cuts looming and then no fan dealing with a leg injury there. Uh, he says no no reason to be concerned and people need to chill out. But outside of that, Sarah. But Sarah, let's get into our players with the most to prove against the LA Rams this upcoming weekend. We talk a lot about the roster deadline kind of coming to fruition here for the team. After this week, after this game, particularly probably on Sunday, we're going to see it go from 80 to 53. Broncos want to finalize that, that active roster before the deadline even happens. In your opinion, which players do you believe have the most approved this week in final preseason action? Well, I think offensively, the person and the player with the most approved, you could kind of say it's twofold, right? I, I think the, the two guys that are vying for fullback snaps, uh, that would be Adam Prentice, the undrafted rookie, and that would be Andrew Beck, uh, who's been with the team for a couple of years now. I think Beck has a clear and obvious advantage at this point, being that he's been on the team, he plays special teams, he's kind of proven himself in that phase of the game in that regard, and so, and he's got the versatility to play tight end as well. But, but I, I feel in my in my bones, Cody, I feel this Adam Prentice guy. I mean, we've been talking about him. We've been we've been excited watching him. I think the run game has done pretty well when he's been out there on the field. And I would love to see, since the starters are playing this week, I don't think there's really a whole lot of value to seeing what Andrew Beck can do with the starters at this point. I think you kind of understand where he's at and his standing with the team. Like he's probably got one of the last three or four spots on the roster at this point. I think you want to go out and see, you know, like Vic Fangio said, this last game could determine a few roster spots. So let Adam Prentice go out there and blow you away as he blows Rams defenders away. So I think that would be a lot of fun and a great story, obviously, being he finished his college career at South Carolina, but of course started it out at Colorado State. So he's definitely a, a more local guy that a lot of Broncos fans have probably already heard of, probably already kind of became a, a you know, a fan favorite while he was part of the Rams program. So I think he's got a lot to gain this week and a lot to prove. I like it. I think that's a great selection because it really came down in our final roster projections here on the 53. You know, me going with an extra offensive lineman means that a guy like Andrew Beck and Adam Prentice were gone off the roster. And really I also want to throw it to Eric Saubert could play that hybrid role as that blocker receiver. We've seen him do a little bit of both in the preseason. So that gives me a little bit of comfort there. 
But, you know, with the Noah Fant injury kind of dealing with a little bit of a leg issue, I would not be surprised now if the Broncos go with the route of keeping like an extra guy that can block, whether that be Andrew Beck, whether that be, you know, a guy like Adam Prentice. So keeping an eye on that, that's a great observation there. Sarah, the guy I'm going to go with is on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, with the injury to Michael Ojemudia, that is a huge, huge implication for the Broncos, at least for the next four to five weeks here as he deals with the hamstring. Outside of that, you also go to the defensive side of the ball and you look at the depth behind them. Kerry Vincent Jr., in my opinion, is the player I think has the most to prove because a Sang Bassey, who made my 53, I expect him to come off the PUP list once the regular season comes around. But Kerry Vincent Jr. is in a position, I think, to say, hey, you know what? We know that Michael Jamudi is going to be out to start the season. I want to prove that I can be a reliable guy if, in fact, my number is called upon. I liked what we saw from him last week against the Seattle Seahawks, and I think he's in a prime position now to maybe step in a little bit and contribute in the defensive rotation because you don't want guys this weekend against the Rams. You don't want Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, Patrick Sertan, Bryce Callan. You don't want any of these guys playing extended or meaningful minutes in this game because it's not worth it at this point. Considering you've already lost a cornerback and your depth was really good at that point, now it's kind of tested to four guys. You don't want to put that risk out there for the Broncos. So Kerry Vincent Jr. and even Parnell Motley, I think both these players, they have a lot to prove here this upcoming weekend. Definitely. They definitely do. And I think that goes back to, to what we kind of talked about with the roster projection. You know, if he's saying Bassey is healthy and ready to go, which one of those guys then gets pushed off? And right now you're playing for two spots. You're going to have to wait a day, you know, to clear waivers and everything like that. But OJ Muya is probably going to go on temporary IR to kind of start this thing off so that they can maximize the number of players they have. So if you're a guy like Kerry Vincent Jr., you know, Parnell, Mel Motley, Nate Hairston, any of those players, uh, Savion Smith, we talked about him before, even Mac McCain right now, who hasn't really shown yeah. us much of anything, which, and we haven't got to talk a lot about him, but man, he's got some exciting skills too. I think he needs a year. But you're looking at a lot of guys there at that position group that could really go out and prove to this coaching staff that they belong on the active game day roster. And again, it comes down to not only what can you do defensively, but what can you do for Tom McMahon on special teams? That's been a weakness of this team. And those defensive backs are going to be key. The bottom of the roster DBs are going to be key, not only to, you know, when, when it comes to predicting the 53-man roster, just in terms of like how many DBs do you keep? Do you keep 10, 11? And even 12 but I think it, it's going to determine how many edge guys they keep how many inside linebackers they keep I think that that all has a ripple effect and so those guys have to go out there and play well and the cool thing is I know the Broncos coaching staff for the most part right now they have their board put together they know a majority of what the 53 is going to be however there might be five or six maybe even seven spots right now they're saying okay hey this weekend will help us really solidify who these final five six or seven guys are going to be and obviously the roster cuts will roll in. But these are players that both Sarah and I believe have the most to prove this week against the Los Angeles Rams. Broncos country, let us know if you're watching on YouTube in the comment section which player you believe has the most to prove against the Rams in preseason action, game number three. But coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk about which players have the most to lose against the Rams this upcoming Saturday in the preseason finale. But before we do that, i got to tell you about BetOnline.ag, the sponsor of today's episode of show. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, and it's that time of the year again, and BetOnline has you covered for all the pro football action and college football action that you need, especially with week zero of college football coming up 
this upcoming weekend. BetOnline has you covered where you get all the updated odds, props, and contest information, including online the biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 NFL season, specifically BetOnline.ag. Make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Sarah, jumping to the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, Broncos country, you get this podcast free and available everywhere on your favorite audio podcasting platform, not to mention a video format on YouTube. If you have friends or family who are Broncos fans that need more Broncos coverage, that want it every single day, refer them here to the Lockdown Broncos podcast as we look to engage even more with the audience as members of the Denver media. That's something that Sarah and I really believe in. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at Lockdown Broncos. Like us on the book face as well. And subscribe on YouTube. But Sarah, my friend, getting into the final portion of today's episode of the show, players that maybe have the most to lose this week against the LA Rams. I wanted to start things off here by saying probably the most clear cut because by definition, Vic Fangio had said it's his job to lose. And I'm going to go with Bobby Massey here as a player who has the most to lose. We know that there will be the starters that will play. Teddy's going to play some. The first team unit's going to play some because you're adding in Melvin Gordon and Cortland Sutton. So we're going to see that. Don't think we're going to see Noah Fant. So we may see I don't know, maybe Albert Okwebunam or Eric Sobert's going to get the start for the Broncos in this game against the Rams. The question is, I don't even know if uh, Aaron Donald or if the Rams starters on defense or if they're going to play at all, which that's an unknown variable. So for me, if in fact they are playing, look, that's a solidified pass rush. You're going to go against former Bronco Justin Hollins. He's going to be going against, you know, I'm on the outside. In my opinion, if Bobby Massey has a, a performance this week where he struggles, and Calvin Anderson maybe comes in and steps in, Calvin could overtake him because, as Vic Fangio said, it is Bobby Massey's job to lose. So naturally, he is my player that I believe has the most to lose against the Rams this weekend. I think that's a great pick. You know, he literally, Vic Fangio said it, he got something to lose. You know, the starting job is his to lose. So I think that definitely you want to see him go out and play well, especially if the Rams play their starters. That would be a great unit for them to go up against. You know, not a lot of people are – really know and I know I even I cover the entire league Cody for one of the sites that I write for I didn't realize the Rams had the number one defense in the league last year which is pretty amazing so they're deep they're talented they've got speed they've got power they've got guys that can come at you from all angles so it's going to be a great test regardless of if he's going against the number ones or the number twos in LA he's going to have a great test in that game but the guy that I think has a lot to lose Cody is also on the offensive side of the ball I got to go with Hall of Fame QB Kendall Hinton, you know? I mean, we haven't seen a ton from Hinton in the preseason. We haven't got to see him get a lot of reps as a receiver um, in terms of getting just pure targets thrown his way. So as much as I want to see the fullback get established in this game, man, I want to see Kendall Hinton get really featured out of the slot. We know that Trinity Benson, you know, he can play. He's done a great job. He can make plays as an outside receiver. He can make plays as a return man. He can do all that stuff. That's great. We get it. We know it. We've seen it. I think Deontay Spencer, obviously we need to see more from him, but Kendall Hinton is a guy that Vic Fangio singled him out prior to training camp as having really, you know, a great offseason and, and great OTAs and great program in general. And so with Kendall Hinton, what I want to see is I want to see your value as a slot guy. We saw it at Wake Forest. That's where he, he became a thousand yard receiver basically over night out of the slot so I want to see that in Denver I want to see what he can do there and maybe get him a couple of shots in the return game you know you only get so many opportunities as a coaching staff to evaluate returns in a in a preseason game because 
you never know if, you know, your defense is just going to be giving up yardage and, you know, or creating turnovers or whatever. So as many opportunities as you can get to see him there, why do we need to see Deontay Spencer returning punts at this point? I think we kind of get it at this. He's good at it. He's pretty good. It's kind of what he can do. That's what he value he brings to the team. So Kendall Hinton, get him a shot to prove that he can he can do that kind of stuff and really you know stake his claim at a roster spot because up to this point I just don't feel like we've seen it on the field and and again you know this this goes back to the quarterback competition as well Cody you could talk about the fact of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater I think Drew Locke had the better preseason performance at least when it comes to just individual games and kind of really blowing us away against the Vikings so that that to me indicates that that decision was based a lot about practice and what they were able to do in the film room and off the field. So there's probably quite a bit of that from Kendall Hinton that we don't necessarily know or see or hear about every single day. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there, but I would also love to see him come out there and just absolutely ball out in this game against the Rams and make it a tough call. Yeah, I think if you can, as a player, put the organization in a position where they're like, dang, you know, this is really hard. We have to really look at our roster. Can we maybe afford to cut a guy at this position just to keep you, you know, and, and also you have to pose the question too. And I think when you look at it in comparison to, you know, Seth Williams, who we talked about yesterday, if you cut Seth Williams, I think with just based on what he was able to do at Auburn, despite really sporadic quarterback play, despite the fact we've seen limited target action for him as well in the preseason, but we've seen his explosiveness that he has. And I hate to say it, Sarah, but that shovel pass, his ability after the run kind of reminded me a little bit of DT, uh, on a couple of those plays that burst in his size. So I don't think the Broncos want to risk losing out on Seth Williams. Could you maybe risk out on losing out on Kendall Hinton, though? I mean, I look at a team like the Vikings, maybe that needs some depth at wide receiver with some of the injuries they've had dealing with. And obviously they're going to have that situation here. Justin Jefferson will be fine. He'll be ready for the regular season. Adam Thielen, but they really need a number three guy. I don't know if you're going to say that Kendall Hinton could come in and be a number three guy from Minnesota, but I do know that other teams are going to keep an eye on the Broncos waiver wire because a lot of GMs and that survey that was conducted by the athletic said that, Hey, George Payton's probably the most trustworthy general manager in the national football league, which we didn't get much time to talk about that. I think it speaks volumes to the respect nature there. So I think that other teams are going to be looking at this Broncos roster on cut day and they're saying, Hey, all right, let's put a claim in on him. Kendall Hinton might be that guy just because he stepped up in the saints game last year and, and fulfill the role that the team needed, but also because of what he's been able to do in practice. So I think a lot of it goes back to joint practices with the Vikings. We don't know yet. That's the crazy part. But I agree with you, Sarah. I think that Kendall Hinton, if in fact he does not make the active roster, I think that if he clears waivers, he will be back on the practice squad. Yeah, and you would love to see that too because the, the wide receiver room is so deep. And this roster right now is so deep that it's hard to pick the, out of the 80 guys that are you know that are still there. It's hard to pick the guys that you could – you know, really say, oh yeah, I'd be okay with with that guy. You know, getting getting snatched off waivers, or I'd be okay if they lost this guy. I mean, that's that's really tough for us to sit here and say just on a personal level because those guys are human beings. They got families. They got you know, they got their own lives and stuff. And they're, that's their job. It's their livelihood. So it's tough to just sit here and be so nonchalant about guys getting cut in the NFL. But at the same time, Ooh. it does pave the way. It's brutal. It is, but it paves the way for them to get opportunities elsewhere. We've seen that happen with guys coming over to the Denver Broncos, you know, in, in similar fashion. Look at Shelby Harris, like how many times he was cut before coming to Denver. Look at Deshaun Williams, how many times he was cut before coming over to Denver. Tim Patrick, another guy, you know, and, and, and I think it's just situations like that to where you got to you gotta still look on the bright side when these guys get cut and maybe have to go to other teams, but at the same time, just being a little bit selfish, wanting all of 
of them to clear waivers. And I agree with you, man. Seth Williams, I have a tough time seeing other teams around the league that also didn't have draftable grades on him that wouldn't want to poach him. So you got to really be thinking one eye on the future. That's a, that's my thing in this whole this whole roster construction this year. Obviously, you want to win. You have to win, but there's got to be one eye on the future as well. I think you make a really interesting point there, and I think it's the dilemma that most, I'd say most competent NFL executives probably have is – do we look at it from the perspective this player can help us now or do we believe that this player can help us in a big way in the future? That right there is a hard way to make a decision, right? Because short, intermediate, and long term, you have to think about all that if you're making decisions. And that's where George Payton stands. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That'll wrap things up for both Sarah and myself. Make sure to engage in the comment section down below on YouTube. Preseason action coming your way. Tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, Sarah and I, we're going to talk about our players you need to keep an eye on, add case to the game against the LA Rams, and we're excited to see Cortland Sutton back on the football field this upcoming Saturday. Broncos kickoff, we're going to have you covered with a post-game report here, Locked on Broncos.